Live from Western Kentucky University, capital of the Hilltopper Nation. Whether it's in the locker room or on the field, behind the clipboard or on the court, home or away, we've got you covered. Get ready to enter the Red Zone, your destination for all things sports, right here on Revolution 91.7. And welcome to another edition of Red Zone Radio. I'm your host, John Alden, alongside with me, Matthew Hargrove, Tori Bowling, on the other side of producer Harrison Balk, Caden Gaylord, and Brian Gooden. It is a rainy Sunday afternoon here in Bowling Green. It was very nice to start the day, but now it's turned into quite the dreary day. How have you guys been? Uh, great. Honestly, like, this this day of, like, television, I mean, you got Tiger win the Masters we'll get to in a little bit. You got the NBA playoffs. Um, I don't know how, many, how much y'all love Game of Thrones. I, I'm, not, I'm not a big Game of Thrones person, but I caught up a little bit. I, I, I'm probably going to watch tonight. Oh, really? Um, so, yeah, so, I mean, overall, just a if you like to watch TV, it's been a great day. Yeah, the sports have been great this oh, no weekend. Doubt. The weather really bummed me out today. It's like something just had to get in the way of all the fun. I know. Yeah, the only thing that could have made Tigers win better, and we'll get that in a little bit, is like if the if the weather would have been better. That way I didn't have to go to the 8 o'clock church services more than that. <laughs> I could watch the full round. So, I mean, if you can't tell, there is a lot of hype with Tiger Woods in the studio right now. I mean, it's it's the story of the world right now honestly i mean 14 uh, years one of if not the greatest comeback story and maybe the we got a lot to talk about we'll get into it later (laughs) let's let's go into our first segment we got we had the football spring game this past weekend a lot of people don't think about football this time of year because there's so much else going on the end of march madness masters golf tournament but wku played a football game a white team defeated the red team 28 to 21 let's go over a few of the highlights real quick Davis Shanley, 9 for 15, 185 yards, two touchdowns. On the other side, Stephen Duncan, 18 for 26, 208 yards and one touchdown. And I know last week we were talking a little bit about the transfer tie story. He threw two interceptions. And uh, a guy coming from an SEC school like Arkansas, I would say it's not looking too good for him right now going into the summer and into the fall. Yeah, I was really surprised uh, to see how poorly he did in the spring game. Uh, Stephen Duncan and Davis Shanley, it seems like it's going to come down between those two uh, for the starting quarterback position for the 2019 season. Ty Story, uh, a quarterback coming from Arkansas, you think uh, he would have a lot of potential with SEC playing in the SEC, but obviously uh, there uh, are definitely some, some things that he needs to work on. Yeah, I was impressed with uh, Trey Meadows. Uh, as it says here, he had uh, seven tackles and five pass breakups. You know, they're going to need some defensive help because I'm really disappointed how the quarterback play turned out. I mean, I was really looking for either um, either Story or uh, or or Kaveras Thomas. Thomas. Now he Thomas. had a couple of good drives, but he didn't have any. He didn't have an extended amount of time to where we could really say that they're giving him a hard look at the starting position. Right I would now. really like to see Story or or. Um, Thomas get a really grip on that quarterback job because like I just you know it's nothing against the guys it's just I've seen I saw way too much this year I just don't really think inconsistency that, I just don't think Stanley and Duncan have what it takes to lead WKU to at least a six-one season and the good news though we do have Tyson Helton guy who worked under uh Jeff Brom 
And so, I would, I mean, maybe we'll see better quarterback development with a coach like him. So maybe even though we saw some negativity from uh, Davis Shanley and Stephen Duncan, I think there is reason to be optimistic, especially with, uh, I would say in particular, Stephen Duncan had a good performance, 208 yards, 18, I mean, a pretty good completion percentage, 18 for 26. Uh, and uh, the wide receivers did well, too. A couple of them, Xavier Lane, five catches, 126 yards and a touchdown, along with Quinn Jernigan, who had eight catches. Uh, well, as well, along with 100 yards and a touchdown for himself. So uh, a lot to look forward to on offense. And, uh, Tori, you mentioned the defense earlier, too. Um, on the red side, three different players record an interception. So I would say that's a pretty exciting thing to look for on the defense, especially if the offense might be struggling a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's a, like in a spring game, it's like, hey, the defense played well, but that means your offense didn't play well. So. <laughs> and, you know, in these spring games, I, I try to not look too much in them because – the month is April. You know when the first football game is? August, baby. At August. There are so many more scrimmages and practices that have to go on, and this is just one game. So it's not like... It's really not even a game. They, yeah. they have their own rules with it. I mean, Caden or someone over there, y'all said Rutgers had a spring game where both teams scored in the hundreds? Yes, sir. I mean, that. I don't know what kind of rules was going on in Piscataway, but it, schools can pretty much do whatever they so it's want really, with it's game. really. Where at? Uh, in Piscataway, New Jersey. That's where Rutgers is. Wow, did not know that. I'll add that one, <laughs> add that one to my learn, learn something new every day. <laughs> but it's really hard uh, to determine on who you think should be the starting quarterback over one game that is many moons before the first regular season football game. And, I mean, overall, like, I, I was going to – be a little negative about the offense, but I mean, I th- we have a pretty good receiving core. Um, you know, WKU does uh, Xavier Lane coming back, uh, Lucky Jackson, Quinn Jernigan. Those are three guys that can really go and catch the football and make plays down the field, especially like Lucky Jackson. And then uh, look out for maybe a uh, uh, freshman Dalvin Smith. He's a, he's a pretty good big time player. So yeah, good. I was I was actually just about to say that. You know, it looks like there's going to be inconsistency at that quarterback and running back position, but. WKU has a really strong wide receiver core. And also, I don't know if you – Quinn Jernigan, that's another guy yeah. to watch out for. So, going into game one, you got FCS Team Central Arkansas. Who are you putting, realistically, in that starting quarterback position? I know it could be anybody, but who, who do you think has the early edge? Man, uh, I would say it's got to be Steven Duncan. Mm. Uh, maybe having uh, – just more years with WKU, um, more experience than Shanley. Uh, but to be honest, both of these guys uh, didn't really outpo- outperform each other during the season last year. So I think it's going to come down to this summer who is really performing well in the practices and the scrimmages. Yeah, I agree. I'll probably go with Duncan. I mean, like you said, uh, fourth-year college football, I think that kind of says something. I mean, you can pretty much throw last year's results out. It's a brand-new season. Like, none of them did anything that last year that would make you think that one of them is a leader because they pretty much went back and forth. I mean, Shanley had two touchdowns, but Duncan had a pretty good uh, completion percentage. They honestly, like, it's just going to come down to how these guys perform in practice and ha- just ha- how the summer and fall camps continue to go. Yeah, so uh, lots to look forward to. Uh, other things going on. Like we said, first game Thursday, August 29th. And what's going on with uh, Kavarius Thomas? What's going on with that yeah. situation? I, I Do don't we know. think that Kavarius Thomas 
is going to be put in a position where he's going to have to make a decision before the season starts. Do we think, as it, when I say decision, is he going to maybe hop the fence, go somewhere else? I think if he doesn't play this year, he'll want to leave. Yeah, I mean, we don't know the kid. I mean, obviously, like, I mean, who knows what his mindset is. But, I mean, them already redshirting him last year now, not even really getting the – doesn't really look like he's getting a look at getting the starting nod. I mean, that's got to be a confidence downer. I mean, And the thing is, is, is Shanley is getting more reps than him. So, after the 2019 season when Duncan's gone, I mean, if Shanley's been getting more reps, he'll probably be the starting quarterback after that. Well, I think Duncan's is a redshirt junior. Retro Jr.? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, then, Duncan I has mean, a good season. Yeah, it's not really looking great in going into and like we, We've said this before. It puts him in a bad position when you bring in a new coach who didn't recruit him. The guy who probably would have eventually utilized him is no longer here anymore. I mean, maybe there's a slight chance we see Caveras uh, Thomas transfer out to where Mike Sanford is now. Is it Utah State? Something like that? Did, did he get another job at Utah State? He, he might not be head coach, but I think he might be the, like the offense. Harrison, yeah, could you look that up for I us? I got you guys. I got yeah. you guys. I would, I would, my guess is that Kaveris Thomas, I mean, being the four-star crew, I, I doubt he's wanting to go from Western Kentucky to Utah State. That's just my guess, but, I mean, I guess he never knows. I mean, who knows? Who knows? Uh, th- that'll wrap up our football talk for now. We'll get into more of that later next week. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little about – the basketball situations with Matt Horton and Delano Banton. They made some decisions earlier this week. We'll read your Twitter responses and also talk more about Charles Bassey's future with the program. And uh, one of our former or current Hilltoppers received an award this week. We'll tell you all more about that after the break. You're listening to Red Zone Radio on Revolution 91.7. Keeping you up to date on Western Kentucky sports, you're in the Red Zone right here on Revolution 91.7. Welcome back to Red Zone Radio on Revolution 91.7. John Alden, Matthew Hargrove, Tori Bowling here. Barry, talk a little men's basketball news. And the, the big news from the week was, are we on? Yes, we are. Okay. Yeah. Some, I couldn't hear myself. <laughs> yeah, no, you're good. Okay. Um, also, I just wanted to answer that one question that we had before uh, the break. Uh, he got uh, Mike Sanford got named to the offensive coordinator slash quarterbacks coach for uh, Utah State. Okay, there we yeah, go. Just, so to, was just, just, just to refresh our memory. There we so. go. All right, so let's get into men's basketball. Earlier in the week, some big news on the men's basketball roster. Matt Horton and Delano Banton both announced that they will intend to transfer before next season. Another loss for the roster. Now you got that on top of Monte Bearden and the potential of Charles Bassey leaving. Things aren't looking too good right now for men's basketball. Guys, what do we think? What's Coach Stansberry need to do to keep this ship afloat? What's the next move he needs to make? Man, honestly, I just don't really love the way that like it looks on the program. I mean, I, I'm reading here um, Brad Stevens from the BG Daily News said so that's the uh, 12 scholarship players have now exited the program early since the start of the 2016-17 season. I mean, that's four guys a year leaving at this point. So, I mean, that's not necessarily a look that you want to have. Uh, and, like, some of these guys are really talented guys. I mean, you got Jordan Brangers, Mitchell Robinson, Deshaun Murray, Trevon Queen, and now Delano Banton, who Goodness. I think was going to be a good player. So, I mean, that's a lot of talent leaving your program in and out every year. Yeah, I was uh, not surprised with the Matt Horton transfer. Uh, at the beginning of the year, he was getting pretty good minutes, but really stopped going into conference play. I'm really surprised by Delano Banton's move because 
he was most likely going to be the starting point guard. At least unless they found somebody else. Yeah, and he was getting really good minutes. He looked really good um, before conference play, and then Mm -hmm. Lamonte came back, and he wasn't playing at all, uh, really. So... Um, really surprised by Banton just because of the opportunity he is potentially going to have next year. Mm-hmm. Plus, I mean, I mean he's got he just has a lot of potential at being a six eight point guard. Yeah, a lot of fans aren't too happy either. Chris Renner tweeted and said we need to find a grad transfer point guard stats. Barbara Carden says that she loved Banton and thought he got a raw deal when Bearden was able to play. And I think that showed, especially in the Conference USA tournament, we didn't see Delano Banton play hardly at all unless it was garbage time. So, And I do remember seeing, I think it was on Twitter today, a couple of big schools, including Wake Forest, are looking at Delano Banton for transfer. So, I mean, he might even be playing at a Power 5 school and WKs would be missing out on that. I mean, Banton was extremely raw. I mean, he was... By far not the perfect player, but, I mean, he was, like you said, going to be our starting point guard next year. Um, And, I mean, you take the Wisconsin game, 10 assists. I mean, he had some really good games this year, started point guard when when they beat um, Arkansas on the road. I mean, it just looked like that, you know, Banton's career at WKU was going to look promising. It just – it's really not a good look on the program right now. And, honestly, it's just not very – Surprising with how the year went. I mean, you had a lot of trouble with, you know, disciplinary actions and what, legal trouble with some of these guys. And now you got a couple guys leaving. I mean, you just look at it, and it, obviously there's something going on inside the program that's not pretty right now. And it will look really bad if Banton does end up transferring to a Power 5 school in Wake Forest oh, yeah. and play really well. And if, if, if we don't get a point guard, whether it's in the grad transfer field or some sort of last-minute recruit, they're going to have to transition Tavion Hollingsworth back over to point guard. And we saw, I mean, he didn't do a bad job at it this year, but he wasn't as productive scoring-wise when he was in that role. And I think if WKU doesn't find anybody else to replace Tavion as a shooting guard, then you aren't going to be able, you're not going to get the results you want. And yeah, that's and, going to cause some issues. And guard play, I know, Tori, you stress this a lot. Guard play is so important in college basketball. I mean, it wins the March Madness tournament, wins mm-hmm. national championships. And Tavion is not really a number one. He's more of a number two. Oh, yeah. So really limiting the amount of shots he gets during a game, knowing the talent he has at scoring the ball, is really going to hurt Western if he does turn out to be the point guard for Western next year. Yeah, and, like, I mean, just just think about all that talent just for a second that, that that's left. I mean, Banton. Uh, Jordan Brangers, who was a Juke, top Juco scorer. Um, Mitchell Robinson, who, I mean, I know it was a really bad deal. I mean, he probably didn't want him anyway, but you can't ignore the fact that dude was sensational in the NBA this year as a rookie for the Knicks. Um, Trevor Queen, who had a chance to uh, beat a Final Four team on a buzzer beater. I mean, wide, wide open three in the corner for New Mexico State this year. And then Deshaun Murray. I mean, that's a ton of talent. And if you just think – Maybe one or two more of those guys that you get to stick around and have contribute to your team, and you know you're looking at NCAA tournament appearances, and instead, you know WKU sitting with nothing to show for him. I tell you, what, how, how much does this influence Charles Bassey's potential decision? You think that he sees these people leaving, and as he's going through the motions, do you think he's like, well, you know what? If these people think it's time to get out of here, I might as well do the same thing. I think it does. Uh... Because if you look at the team next year, and in his eyes, if it doesn't look like a team that can compete for a Conference USA championship... Or, why would you stay at that point? Yeah, why you, while you can go to the NBA and start your new career there. Because I think somebody like Bassey, 
and you're at a program like Western Kentucky, the longer you stay at a place like this, the more it's going to hurt your draft stock in years to come. At least that's the way I look at it. In my humble opinion, I think he's as good as gone at this point. I, I think it's where he's got he's got a week left to declare. I mean, if you if you had to put your percentage on him staying or going, what would goodness, you put it I'm saying I think he's sixty forty going right now. I think eighty twenty going. Eighty twenty. I'm I'm ninety ten. I'll go seventy thirty. What's taking so long then? Why why is he one of that, the last? That, I mean, that is true. I don't know why he wouldn't put his name in either way. So, like, what's the you can always pull out later on anyway. Yeah. Like, well, if he gets past the declaring dr- deadline and doesn't declare, it almost seems like, like, why are you wasting an opportunity to at least go and see what the NBA scouts think of you? Technically, Zion hasn't declared yet, so I guess. <laughs> He's waiting on Zion. He's waiting. Yeah, Zion, Zion, I 50-50 on that one. (laughs) As true as that is, I mean, Basti hasn't been playing basketball for two weeks longer than Zion has. I mean, they got – I mean, they didn't make the tournament and Zion went the second weekend. I I don't – I don't know what's taking him so long, but I, you know, I, you put on here that his average draft stock right now is thirty-one. I mean, I think if you're in the top forty, he, he's as good as gone, in my opinion. Yeah, it's not bad. Also, fun little fun fact: Ethan Happ won the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Award over Charles Bassey, and uh, I, I kind of feel like that's a bit of a raw deal too. Not not that Bassey was necessarily the best in that position, but was Ethan Happ really the best either? I'm fine with it. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with it. Ethan Happ averaged 17.3 points per game and 10.1 rebounds per game. I mean, is this per They game? both averaged double-double, though. 4.5 while yeah, shooting yeah. 53%. And in, the in the Big Ten. In the Big Ten. In the Big Ten. I'll give you that. Yeah. I'm a big Ethan Happ guy. I, I, really? I didn't think... When you Ethan thought Happ played big, Ryan, Ryan, no, Ryan. No, 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 you no, no. think Ethan Happ? You think Charles Bassey deserves the award over Ethan? Happ? No, that's not what I'm saying. Okay, okay. I'm just saying was, Ethan, when Ethan Happ played good big talent he didn't play well at all again this is like from uh western and then in power five schools and then in the conference oregon <coughs> yeah they he just <laughs> he didn't show up when they had a uh, big man to play against them he, they didn't even get the oregon in the ncaa tournament did, did they play him in the regular season first first round of first round first round wisconsin oregon Kenny Wooten shut him down. Oh, okay. My bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought for some reason they, they were going to meet in the second round. But also, uh, I have no inside sources or whatever, but it wouldn't surprise me if you if you see a few more people leave. Like like more transfers. Yeah. yeah. I'd, like, I'd, like if Merrick or Jared Savage, like I wouldn't oh be surprised goodness. if you see them this, If Jared Savage this leaves, basket, that will hurt. Honestly, easy, anybody, easy anybody plus Charles Bassey at this point is going to put a, a damper on next season for sure. I don't think I'd necessarily – look at Savage as a person to leave. I mean, because this is already his second school and he's a Bowling Green guy. I just don't really see him leaving. Now, Merrick, I could see, and maybe even a guy like Jake Omer. I mean, let, let's go to WKU's roster right, right now and just kind of right, right now and just kind of look at, like... Because my only, the only two that I'm pretty sure we all know are for sure staying are like Tavion and Josh. Imagine if Tavion just said, let's, let's go somewhere else. Well, okay, we'll I want to ask why the the bench players want to transfer if it's 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 to get more playing time at a smaller school i can understand that but if they're looking to go to you know the same type of school as western or a bigger school like i promise you they're not going to get more minutes going to a bigger school than western which is why i understood the matt horton one i I probably just wanted to get but Delano, somewhere, but Delano does had, Delano want to go to a smaller school than Western? I, mean, I don't think, I think he's going to go to a better path. school. He had a clear path to be the starting point guard for next year's team. Whether Here's the thing, though. 
Rick may be on the lookout for a grad transfer point guard. He may, he, they may know that. He I mean, they're on the to. team. I mean, he uh, needs I to. mean, Rick's really u- utilized the um, the grad transfer. I mean, he got the Sean Murray this year. It didn't really work out, but then he, it absolutely worked out for him in uh, in seventeen eighteen because you had um, you had uh, Darius uh, Thompson and Dwight Colby. I mean, and those guys not only did they bring production on the court, but leadership around Justin Johnson. I mean, that was you know, and a, I think that shows that that WKU fans need to trust Rick Stansberry because he has brought in guys like Darius Thompson. I mean, he brought in Charles Bassey. We're yeah. talking about him being drafted in the NBA, being a one and done. That is really r- rare for Western. And he also brought in Tavion Hollingsworth, who won Kentucky Basketball Player of the Year in high school. But what he hasn't done yet is won a Conference USA title, and that's what they've had the opportunity to do the past two seasons. I, uh, yes, I, I, coaching, he has... He's a recruiting, but recruiting, recruiting yeah. he's yeah. he's proved himself. So uh, Goner back, Tolu Smith back. I think he's back. Tolu's back. Tolu, yeah, he he's he's a he's on. I want to say Tolu. Charles back. leaves, he starts. Yeah, uh, Jared Savage. I think he's back. Yes, I say Jar- I say Jared stays. I think so too, but I I think he's like a thirty percent chance he leaves. Josh Anderson. I think he's yes. He's Josh Anderson. Back. He's definitely a WKU. Matt boy. Horton gone. Yes. Jeremiah Gambrel. I think he stays. I mean. As of now, he's a starting point guard, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, or starting two. Or unless they're wanting to go back to what they did this year, and that was put Josh Anderson at the point. Hey, this may Tavion. open up yeah. uh, opportunity for Jake Omer to be that number one, even though he is a number more of a number two guy. I think really it'll just make us play bigger. I think we'll put may- Tolu at the four or Isaiah Kozar at the four. and Yeah. Maybe put Tavion at the point again, and then you put Jake Omer in the shooting guard position because – he, he needs to shoot. That's what Jake Omer's going to do. He's not going to play point guard. Well, I think if you had Tavion, Josh, Jared, Isaiah Cozart, and Tolu as your starting. I mean, imagine a world where Jake Omer is starting. Well, maybe. That's not maybe, a world I want to live maybe in. Maybe Rick <laughs> needs to convert him into a point guard because what from I've seen, Jake Omer You're not can't shoot the Sean, ball. Yeah. So, Mustafa's young. Last to know. Last game, not, last game Jake Omer played. Omer was one for one not three. Transfer. Why do you say that? Well, I say that because, you know, I don't know. Even going to a smaller school, I don't know if Mustafa would get more minutes. I mean, I would assume, like, he's a redshirt junior. I would assume that he could grad transfer. I say he – I think he really likes Western, and we've seen that uh, from what he's done in the community. Yes. He received the Conference USA Spirit of Service Award, and I think he he likes playing here, even though he's not – you know, really playing yeah, a and, lot. And, you know, that, you know, that's always fine. I mean, if guys, uh, you know, like it, they should say. Uh, Merrick Nelson. I think uh, he stays. I think he's I think gone. he's Gosh. Ryan. Ooh, Ryan's I think, got I think a lot of hot takes I think, I think we just need a whole new basketball team now after Ryan's opinion. Ryan on, just, uh, I think <laughs> our, uh, I just, I just don't think. I think our Woj of uh, Red Zone Radio has some you know, stuff some, that he's not telling us. Something funky kind of happened with him this year. I mean, he had the, you know, kind of legal troubles. And, uh, and then the back. Problem back, that he was supposed thing, to be out for maybe? the rest of the year, I don't know. and then I mean, he came back out of nowhere. Uh, Jake Omer, staying. I heard a rumor the other day that he plans to transfer. I don't oh, know how. Yeah, we don't that need is, to be saying we have I our know, sources. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say I'm going to say forty percent. He leaves. I think he stays. Goodness. 
Well, days. there's plenty of question going around on the men's basketball side. Hopefully next week we'll have some of that cleared up, especially on the Troy Bowling. Does he transfer or does he stay? Yeah, where's he? And, and the odds that uh, <laughs> that Hensi are are in tall. I think uh, I think that's um, Charles Bassey's uh, uh, legal guardian. If Bassey leaves, what are the odds that he's back? Zero. What? <laughs> let's just put let's just put how it is. I'm so confused right Chance now. Charles, Charles Bassey's legal guardian is assistant right now. Oh, okay, okay, I got you, I got you. Not, not, not all Odd, makes sense. Odds that if Bassey leaves, that he comes back, I'd say zero. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent zero. <laughs> I'd say zero. no, hundred percent zero. Zero percent chance. Can you do happen. whoever did that? I don't yeah. know who did that. Can you do that noise again? I don't know. That was pretty hard. It was like. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to turn it over to Caden for a baseball update as well as softball. Not from Caden, but from the rest of us. You're listening to Red Zone Radio on Revolution 91.7. Talking all things Tapper Sports, you're listening to Red Zone on Revolution 91.7. Welcome back to Red Zone Radio. John Alden, Matthew Hargrove, Tori Bowling on a rainy Sunday evening here in Bowling Green. Baseball, softball, diamond action. Here we go. Baseball on Tuesday. They defeated Belmont 8-7. to Tori, you said you got a, a friend or a relative that plays Belmont, correct? Yeah, my high school shortstop plays, uh, plays for Belmont. So he, he wasn't too thrilled about that result, probably. No, I don't think he was. <laughs> uh, he, he ended up getting in and had a walk and a ground out. He started that rally in the eighth. Oh, boy. Belmont. Yeah, so... And then uh, things didn't look too too bright for WKU going into the weekend. They lost two of three at Marshall. Caden, what did you see from baseball this weekend? The thing about that two for three, I feel like that last win tells more than those first two losses because, you know, they could have got down on themselves and lost all three games. I mean, they got smacked basically both games, first two games, but they came back in the third game and won 16 to 11, also scoring seven runs in the seventh inning, then scoring five runs in the eighth inning. So, you know, I feel like this win tells more about their mindset and how they feel. Because last year, you know, around this time of the season, they just started going on a losing streak after losing streak after losing streak. But, you know, their confidence is coming back up. Uh, The pitching is getting better. Hitting is getting better. Uh, Richard Constantine, Richard Constantine has replaced David Sims because Sims is out for the season. Mm-hmm. And he stepped in, and, you know, he had two home runs. He only had two hits this series, but they were two home runs. Hey, it's big hits. Exactly. And he hit a homer against Belmont on Tuesday, I yes. think. Yes. So, you know, he's stepping up big time, and he's filling that role for what they need. So, it's going. I mean, it's, it's looking all right so far. It was good to see, like you said, last year there was more of that consistent losing uh, there was they weren't finding ways to bounce back, but they they've got a bit more of a chip on their shoulder. They're not letting them. They're not completely folding in these series. They're finding a way to bounce back and get on the right track heading into the next week. Well, that and you know you were saying that Caden that you were impressed with them. Win, uh, you know winning this last game. Uh, also Belmont they were down uh, I think two runs it was in the ninth inning and came back and walked off uh, in the ninth. So I mean some resilience from this group that we haven't really seen in, in the past couple of these seasons. Yeah, they let them come back. They were up by, like, four against Belmont, and they let them come back in that eighth, but then ended up winning the ninth. So, you know, hey, it shows that whenever they're down, they're not out. Yeah, I'm uh, going to harp on their pitching, though. Uh, In that Belmont game, I mean, they should have won that game pretty easily, but they gave up four runs in the ninth inning. And, I mean, since the second game against Charlotte, then Charlotte, they haven't – gave up less than five runs 
which is not what you want to see uh, from your pitching staff. Uh, going back to the MTSU uh, series, game one gave up 13, game two gave up 13, game three gave up 11, Belmont game gave up seven, and then Marshall, game one, gave up eight, game two gave up 11, game three gave up 11. So the offense is kind of having to score almost in the double digits to win games, and that is not what you want to rely on in baseball. And if your offense isn't producing, WKU is not going to be on the win column very often the rest of the season. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. They kept switching. Like, they switched places. It was earlier the pitching was keeping them in the games while the offense wasn't producing. But now the pitching isn't doing so well. But I also think that comes with the coaching and how they've done these pitching rotations. Uh, In the Belmont game, it was, I believe, Colin Lawler or Kenny LaPierre was on the mound doing great. And then they took him out uh, right before that eighth and ninth inning. And then that's when the comeback happened for Belmont. So I think it has to do with that as well, with, you know, Western playing themselves basically and replacing a pitcher who's doing well with somebody who doesn't. And I think it's kind of disappointing, though. You know, they went – they started out conference play at uh, 7-1, and and now they're at 8-6. and I mean, as great of a start it was, you know, they need to keep the momentum rolling. And, uh, you know, I – it looked like, you know, they can make a run at the conference, uh, you know, number one seed, but now I don't know about it. Yeah, there's a lot to improve upon for Hilltopper baseball over the weekend, or actually next week and during the midweek, they'll travel to Belmont for their second game against them. Belmont will be looking for revenge. WK will be looking to hold, keep that from happening. And then over the weekend, they will return home for a series against FAU. Caden will be on the scene for that. Now it's shifted over to softball for a little bit. They didn't have a midweek matchup this week, but they won two of three at home against North Texas, capped off with an 8-0 victory today that ended in five innings. So it looks like it's good that the Lady Topper softball team is getting back on the right track after losing their series last week. Yeah, they they started off hot. And they've kept that momentum going. They're 12 and three in conference play and 29 and nine overall. Uh, this team has outperformed expectations by a mile, and it's just really impressive to see that they've kept this winning and and hot hot play going. I mean, they're almost to 30 wins before they even reach double digit losses. You said last year we we, we say this every week they didn't even make the Conference USA playoffs for softball. Yeah, I know. Yeah, they and they weren't really expected to make the playoffs this year. They were expected to maybe, you know, barely make the playoffs, get out first round in the tournament. And now we're seeing a totally different team. Uh, they play a doubleheader against Texas Tech, and then they have uh, – Tennessee Tech. Uh, excuse me. What did I say? I <laughs> Texas said, Tech. Texas, Texas Tech still got the final four in my mind. Uh, Tennessee Tech on Wednesday, and then they have a big series against MTSU uh, over road. the weekend. Yep. And you know MTSU is going to be wanting to win that series bad with it being a rivalry mm-hmm. series. So it's going to be a, a tough weekend series for the softball team. But if they can, they can win it and continue their hot streak, uh, they are going to be looking really good. Yeah, lots to look forward to on the diamond, both for baseball and softball upcoming. We're going to take another quick break, and when we come back, we're going to take a look at some pro sports. The NBA playoffs are underway. The NHL, excuse me, the NHL playoffs are continuing, and we'll finally talk about the historic day that was at the Masters. You're listening to Red Zone Radio on Revolution 91.7. <laughs> 
Keeping you up to date on Western Kentucky sports, you're in the red zone right here on Revolution 91.7. Red Zone Radio right here on Revolution 91.7. John Alden, Matthew Hargrove, Tory Bowling about to get into a little pro sports talk. We're going to start off with the NBA playoffs, which got started yesterday. A lot of games going on. Who do we think right now, just off the top? It's only we're only a couple games in. Who's who's the favorite to win? Uh, war, I mean, I Warriors. Warriors are the favorite. Why is that like, a question? There's a few things in sports where like they're the favorite until they're beat. Like you're not you're you're not going to bet against Tom Brady. You're not going to get events. You're going not going to bet against LeBron unless unless he's playing the Warriors, and then the Warriors or the Alabama. How about what about Alabama? Alabama is Alabama. 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 another one. That may turn into Clemson. Actually, it will. It is. It yeah. has turned into close. Yeah, so you don't bet against them until they actually lose. Let's get a couple scores from yesterday. The Nets, 111-102 against 76ers. Magic, 104-101 against the Raptors. Warriors, as we just mentioned, 121-104 against the Clippers. Spurs, 101-96. That was Saturday. What stands out to you all from those results? Um, not a, I don't think the story from the Nets-Sixers game was that the Nets won. It was the phone thing. With Joel Embiid and Amir Johnson. Oh, yeah. Texting yeah. on the bench. Yeah, but that was uh, that was over Amir Johnson. Or Joel Embiid said Amir Johnson's daughter was sick, so that's what the text was about. If, the, if that's true, I, I'm completely fine with I it. I believe it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm completely fine with it as well. Do you think he had his phone there to begin with, though, or do you think maybe someone said, hey, you need to check something out. You got something important going on. Or do you think maybe he had it? I, mean, I think he had it with them, yeah, his and he just got a text. Game. Yeah. He got sent back to the locker room, like, once they realized, like, he kept pulling his phone out. Well, they they, they probably, probably the, yeah. the Sixers find him, I believe. Yeah. He took full responsibility for it, too. It's not like he. I mean, that's fine. I, if he, you know, how many. The story, the story should be that the Sixers got beat in game one by the Brooklyn Nets, which should have never happened. At home. At My home. Gosh. That's what the story should be, not Man. what was on the phone. That's what the it story looked like. Should it looked be. like Twitter Played or something. Awful. But then I, I awful. have no idea. I've never, I've never seen that on the NBA sideline. <laughs> Matthew is going. Stephen A. Smith right now throwing his paper. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's not act like the Nets are a bad team now. Oh, like, they D-Lo, got hoopers. cold. But oh, the, D'Angelo Russell, my goodness. But the Sixers are not. They have not played together enough. No, they there's so many like new acquisitions and that honestly, come in all the time. I just don't really like the fit of the pieces that they have. I mean, I don't, I don't really like the. Uh, the Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid like combo like I mean I think you don't like that com- you don't like it no I think I think Joel Embiid needs to be surrounded with uh, at least a point guard that can at least spread the floor a little bit I mean that way they can't clamp in on him and it, it or, makes him spread or out shooters because it's not like yeah. he can kick it out to Simmons because Simmons isn't going to shoot the ball shoot, I mean uh, <laughs> you know you got JJ Redick but I mean well, yeah, Jimmy yeah. Butler is at knockdown and then you got Tobias Harris who I mean decent shooter but I mean not great I mean it just I don't think it's a very good like fit for the team. You know, everybody was giving Kyle Lowry crap last night. I think Ben Simmons deserves more crap than Kyle Lowry. He's supposed to be, he was Bro, supposed to be the I don't know. Man. I don't know. No, no, no. Zero like, points. But he also had like, he was plus 11 on the court. Also had more assists and rebounds than uh, Ben well, Simmons did. Well, cute and all, but he didn't score. And he's okay, what, what he shot seven he times. Did, it's not like he shot like twenty times. And but didn't like score. you're like it's not like this hasn't happened before. Like Kyle yeah. Lowry is an awful playoff performer. Game one playoff. He did fine last was, year. After I mean, are we one. gonna have to turn LeBronto into uh, to Orlando? Ben Sh- Ben Simmons <laughs> should be looked at a lot though because 
I mean, not he only had nine points. And and I agree. And like he's he got to be scoring in double digits. He played in, insanely bad against the Celtics last but year. But Tobias Harris was traded over to the Sixers to do some damage, and he got a good four points yesterday. Like so. I said, I just don't really like the composition of the team, honestly. And also, and that's a shame because I think they have the most talent of any starting five in the East. Yeah, on paper. I agree. On paper. On paper. Yeah. Also, like, raise your hand if you've never, like, looked at your phone during a job or class. Uh, yeah. None of Here's us. the thing, though. Everyone everyone does not We've have their – We've all played no basketball. Caden's the only one raising his who's ever right pulled, yeah, Kaden's only who's, ever, <laughs> who's ever played a basketball game or any sporting event, though, and pulled their phone out? Like, even in high school, like, for, at an amateur level. When yeah. have you ever done that? Uh, well, I – uh, high school, did you ever, like, in a baseball game, would you ever go to the dugout or in your bag and check your phone? Uh, I mean, I'm not going to say that during a certain, like, Kentucky uh, uh, Kansas State uh, NCAA tournament game, uh, I went back to the locker room to get something out of my locker, and my phone was just there. Gotcha. Okay. I, I would think that if you're playing, like, I don't know, like, intramural basketball or just basketball, like the Y, the rec, you would keep your phone in, like, your Well, no one's going to. Oh, my god. That, that sounds kind of distracting. Tory like, Bowling pulled his phone out in it. Intermural game. My oh, goodness. That'd be annoying. Sound the alarm. I feel like that would just get in the way of your pocket while you're running around dribbling the ball everywhere. I don't I don't know. Alright, let's let's go ahead and jump into today's games. Starting off, the Celtics beat the Pacers 84-74. Disappointing for me. Pacers were up at halftime and then they played like absolute garbage in the third quarter and that ruined their chances. Second game, Trailblazers defeated the Thunder, and that caused a few issues with Russell Westbrook oh in the uh, post-game press conference. Uh, not willing to answer some questions. Matthew, you had a pretty pretty hard take about Russell Westbrook before the Yeah, show I have started. a lot of respect for Russell Westbrook. He's one of my favorite players in the league. Um, but if someone is going to ask you a question after a playoff loss, you answer and you don't say next question. Well, uh, and go ahead, Ryan. That was my, so that was my rant was the fact that oh. – Oh, you're good. We need, to, we need to start figuring out what this rant is before we reveal it. It's, so, not, it's not just in second it's okay. five. Well, because so you, it's, you lose in a playoff game, which it wasn't a terrible loss. He didn't play. He actually didn't have that bad of a game. He and got 24 points, uh, triple-double. Triple-double, which you know, 10, everybody 10. cares about. And then he – but after the game, they, like reporters are asking good questions, like how they were down early and they came back. Does that help you go on to the next game, blah, blah, blah. And he just he kept saying next question because he's he's a baby. Because he didn't he wanted to just get out of there and sulk. And yet he does the baby rock against people when he scores against them. It's just it's hypocritical. The it's baby annoying. rock. I, I agree with that. And like I, I you know I I agree with the sentiment that like Westbrook can be a baby and he's a, can be a total drama queen. It's just that, I don't know. Like sometimes after you lose, like you had like after a tough loss, like the last thing I want to do is sit there and answer questions. Yeah, like, but that's, that's, that's your game job. Seven. That's your but job. Is that, but Tori. Like, what, that when, is when your you job. The contract, what about that says you have to talk to the media after you lose? I mean, it just it comes with the it comes with it. I mean, I agree. Like all he all he has to do is all he has to do is give the most simplest answer and get out there. That's all he has to do. But nobody talks about it. I can just see how like and like Durant's the same way too. Like Durant, like when they ask him about free agency, dude, your free agency is coming up. Like you can't expect (laughs) people not to talk about it. But like I don't know. Like I just but that's that's different. But like because if this is a game seven and you don't want to talk, like that's fine. It's a heartbreaking. But this is game game one. one. I agree. And I mean. Not saying it was his fault, but they had momentum and a big shot by Damian Lillard when Russell Westbrook wasn't playing any defense kind of put them over the hump, and you don't want to answer questions because you lost. Uh, breaking news, LSU has reinstated Will Wade as its men's basketball coach. <laughs> what? <laughs> you got to get more money. 
A statement from the school said Wade met with LSU and NCAA officials on Friday and denied any wrongdoing. I'm humbled and grateful to be back at LSU. Wait, wasn't he on? They must have looked at the whole WKU reinstating their dean thing and thought that was okay, too. I know the situation's a lot different with the LSU basketball than WKU Potter College, but... but um, <laughs> well, in bigger news, job. Kyle Korver is playing the night for the Utah Jazz, so... Wow. And speaking Salt of which, the Jazz will be taking on the Rockets at 8.30. Right now, the, the Bucks. The Bucks are completely destroying the Pistons, 95 to 54, and it's not even the fourth quarter yet, everybody. That's your best bet for a sweep. Yeah, 4-0 Bucks pistons I don't know, Warriors-Clippers. I think that could I, Patrick I, I Beverly. I think the Clippers would win a game before the Pistons. You think, you think so? Yeah. Well, yeah. God, yeah. Man, Ma- Bucks just look good. They look yeah, they do. Good. Matthew, are you changing your mind on MVP? You were talking to us the other day about uh Yeah, I saw a uh, insane stat. Uh, yesterday, I sent it out to everyone here. Let me go and find it. The stat was reported by Bleacher Report, and it was a picture of Wilt Chamberlain, Larry Bird, LeBron James, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. And good it said that. Yeah, thank you, good. thank you. Really good. And all these uh, all these players had one thing in common, and it was that they led their team in points per game, rebounds per game, and assists per game in a sixty win season. And I got to thinking, well, if MVP is, a, is about the most valuable player, can you imagine if the Bucks did not have Giannis Antetokounmpo? I mean, it would Again, just be... Perfect pronunciation. Sorry, I'll, I'll say Giannis. <laughs> I'll say Giannis. No, no, it's, it's, no, it's, it's really good. good. It's good. Have you Sorry. been practicing this? He's been watching a lot of NBA. I, I just, I, I, I like great. the NBA. Uh, Thank uh, you. I'm not being stupid. Thank I'm you. I'm impressed. Did um, all of those players win MVP, though, in that picture, that year? Probably. Probably. But I also think they need to change the MVP. Just make it the best player award. Or that goes to LeBron. Because there's no real. Like, it's what the most is it? valuable player of the season. Yeah. Can, but uh, people always Kaden, twist it Can to I get your. Most I want to hear why you think James Harden. Because, I mean, I was in agreement with you. I'm, I'm just back and forth with this one. I think it's James Harden because they were at the 10 seed. Uh, near you know midseason, and it with Chris Paul, mid-season. Eric Gordon, and when they went down, when their best players went down, when Clint Capella went down as well, he carried them on their back and raised them up to a three seed, scoring thirty what thirty points in thirty two straight games, thirty two straight something games, something like that, yeah. Carrying his team on his back all the way up to a three seed. Who now, else is going to do that? Now, what would They're you say team. that Giannis just did that for the entire season because you never saw any so we're, yeah so we're gonna downgrade Giannis anything from the Bucks right? that made you Giannis. think oh you know yeah they're struggling a bit like I didn't see anything from the Bucks all season that made me oh they're struggling a bit well and the thing is James Harden was there when they lost those games it's not like he was gone and like was injured and then came back and brought them there it was Chris Paul Clint Capella and James Harden and they went down to whatever seed they were and then they got injured and because Chris Paul playing. was never fully healthy at that point in time. Then he took his little break, and now look, they come back and they're they're what four seed right now. They're they're fine. But I'm just saying with it's, the Bucks, it's a they close have, one. But I think I'm starting to lean. I'm just starting lean towards I'm just Giannis. Go with the guy that led his team to the best record in the NBA against the guy who has the four seed and go. led his team in points per game, rebounds per game, and assists per game. Yeah. I mean, when you're seven ten, you should be able to do that. Oh, come oh, on we're not now. Talking Don't, we're not right doing well, that. Well, when you get every single call when you drive down the lane, you should be able to put He's a playing the game. game. That's how point. the game is. You don't it see many uh, seven-foot guys leading their team in assists per game. 
And not everybody is going to get be like James Harden and get those calls. You got to be real right there. James Harden gets a lot of those calls because he is James Harden. Even if they took away the foul, like his free throws, he would still be leading the league in points you per know, game. I, I appreciate your opinion. I just want you to know you're wrong. <laughs> All right. With that. Hey, before, before we go, we're not going for I, break, I want your guys' takes on Denver, the Nuggets. <laughs> they'll be fun. They're uh, inexperienced they'll and they're be not going to beat the Spurs. Murray choked. Murray had a wide open so, shot at the elbow and missed oh, it. We talked about this earlier. Who There's one player on that team that has real playoff experience. Paul Millsap. And he got dunked on. He did get dunked on, but that's not the point. <laughs> so, And you have a good head coach, a veteran head coach, Mike Malone, who's, who's lead like a great season so far. And I just think once you get these players to get out of the like that first playoff game mode, they'll be fine. If you win this series, I think... Well, I think for Denver, game two is a must win. You can't go to San Antonio because they play so bad on the road, plus the inexperience. If they go down 2-0, I don't see them winning the series. That's fair. So, I th- this is a must win. Yeah. All right, we're going to bring on our producer, Harrison Volk, to talk a little bit of NHL playoffs with Matthew What's going on in the in the hockey scene, guys? Woo! Well, I got to tell you, it was a nail. I, I think Matthew can agree with this too. It was a nail biter on Saturday when they played yeah, the Craig, Stars. Uh, Craig, Craig Smith, Smith with a clutch man. goal. Oh, with five minutes into overtime, the Nashville Predators won two to one victory over Dallas Stars on Saturday in Smashville, and they are now tied in the series one to one. Their next game is tomorrow, and then there after that, it's Wednesday, and then Saturday again. But I tell, I tell you what, Harrison, yeah, the biggest saying. surprise of this NHL playoffs has been the Tampa Bay Lightning. Oh, they yes. Are down, oh, my goodness. They are down 2-0 in the series, and the second period has just ended in Game 3, and they are losing 2 to nothing Against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yes. They're about to go down 3-0. I mean, they don't have Nikita Kucherov for this game, who's one of the Lightning's best players, uh, got... Uh, suspended one game for boarding in game two. Lightning are done. They're, yeah, I would, I would say and I, so. I, I picked them to so. go to the and I, I think it's also safe Stanley to say, Cup. I think it's going to be the Blue Jackets and the uh, the Bruins. I think the Bruins are going to beat the Maple Leafs, and I think they're going to we're going to see them in the uh, the Atlantic Divisional. Yeah, too. yeah. I, I don't, I don't think the, I don't think the Lightning can do it. I don't I, think they can. I think it's more surprising how the Lightning were. They're at home and you lose two games and you have to go play on the road for the next. It's just yeah. like those yeah. the Nuggets situation. Yeah, they were predicted to go to the final too. The yeah. uh, the Thursday game for the Predators was not pretty. No, yeah. no, it wasn't. No, yeah, no. it was not. Yeah, Saturday, I agree Saturday, with you, Saturday was kind of a lifesaver too, because if we had lost that game against the Stars, I think I think we would have. You'd be in the same boat as the Lightning. Yeah, yeah. Plus, we, we would been, be in the same boat in the Lightning, and I think the Stars would beat us too. Plus, I've been really surprised with the uh, Islanders and the Penguins. The Islanders are up three zero. They're going to win that series, uh, but you don't usually see the Pittsburgh Penguins getting out first round. Nonetheless, being. Sw- being swept in the first round, I, so this this NHL playoffs has been uh, something interesting. Really I feel like hockey is like the only sport where like the Lightning had the second best record in the NHL history, right? In the regular season, uh, they finished. They were the first. They were the one, number one seed. Yeah, best. But they had the yeah. most wins in the NHL history in the regular season. I though, right? believe I'm not, I can find that out. I'm not sure. Um, not, uh, but like I feel like that. 
you know they're about to get beat first round. I feel like it's easier only, for an eight seed. Yeah, I feel like I feel like hockey's the only sport where that's not the best team's not always going to win. Yeah, yeah. I will yeah. also say I'm very surprised that the uh, the blue the St. Louis Blues and the Winnipeg Jets the the Blues are leading that series two and zero, oh, and I thought the Je- I thought the Jets were going to win that, and I thought yeah. they would go on to play the Preds have a rematch. I mean, last it's year. I mean it is two. 2-0. Um, yeah. They are winning right now, so if they can get a win tonight, I mean, they can make it interesting. But, yeah, the thing is, Tori, is when with series, you usually see the better team winning, but in yeah. hockey, like basketball, you're going to most likely see the better team winning, but with baseball and hockey, you get the series, but usually that's not always yeah. the case. Yeah, this I, I just looked up the Tampa Bay Lightning for the Eastern Conference. They were 62-16. and 16. 62 and wins 16. and 16 losses. That's What about all-time? That's very impressive for hockey. Um, let me look at all-time real quick. But that's like that, that that's we may, that, have, that, to, we may of, have to take a break yeah. all right we'll, we'll get we'll, we'll harrison back. go and look it up for us when yes, we come sir. back we are going to talk a little bit about the masters to wrap things up you're listening to red zone radio on revolution 91.7 talking all things tapper sports you're listening to red zone on revolution 91.7 red zone radio right here on revolution 91.7 john alden matthew hargrove tory bowling we had a very very historic day in Augusta, Georgia today. Let's go ahead and let's take a look at, uh, or not take a look, let's take a listen to what happened. Let's go Jim Nance. But here it is. The return to glory. The return to glory. And I tell you what, just watching it, that signature, the, the little move Tiger does. I will, I will never forget this. Like, I really won't. Honestly, like, this is one of the best, like, one of the best Because, to be honest, when the last time he won a major, I was eight years old. Yeah, 2005. So I didn't really remember yeah. it well. This one, I will remember. Like, we, well. like, we guys, like, on our age, like, we know Tiger's the GOAT, but we haven't really seen why. Like, we don't really remember but remember now, his glory days. We are reminded. I was, I was just about to say, can anybody say goat or call him the goat? I would. I, would, I think that's. I said maybe one of the greatest comebacks stories of all time. But like you, like you said, we, what we've seen with Tiger, we saw his his issues with women. We've seen his back problems. We haven't seen vintage Tiger until these past few days. I mean, you got knee surgeries, back surgeries, the Escalade. You got the. Um, you know, he got a DUI uh, a couple years back. I mean. Like I, I saw a clip today where like they put together a clip of everybody saying that like he would never win another. I saw golf that and tournament. he was watching it. Yeah, like that that really is incredible. Not only did he win another golf tournament, he won golf's greatest tournament. And you know what's really cool about it, and you can't really blame those announcers. Yeah. But all of them tomorrow are probably going to be talking of like, you know, he pr- he proved me wrong, and yeah. I bet that's a just really surreal feeling for Tiger. But me and Tori proved him right. Because we chose Tiger to win. You did. You yeah, did. I had him as my favorite. Well, you I did. did too. Do you remember who I had as my as my dark horse? <gasps> and Caden, Caden uh, picked Tiger. Even though Caden didn't care about anything. Oh yeah, that's right. Like, like, Caden should uh, take back whatever he said. Sir, yeah, is, I was going to do that. I was going to do that. I was yeah. going to say <laughs> this was great to see, and I was very actually excited that this happened. But if this didn't happen, nobody would care. So. Well, that's a, that's that, just, that's, that's a lot. That's Unless a lot. Tony Finau won. Because if Tony Matthew won, I would have been be in here roasting. Not all only of y'all. like was it great that Tiger won, but this is an amazing Masters. Like it was like I watched all weekend. Like, I I pretty much watched uh, you know pretty much every day, and like it, it really was just an awesome tournament to watch. Yeah, there was Tiger won at thirteen under. 
three guys tied for second uh, at 12 under, and then four guys tied for fifth at 11 under, and then you had three guys at 10 under. So anybody could have won. At it. one point on that back nine, I mean, you think about this. On one point in the back nine on Sunday of the Masters, there were five guys tied at 12 under. Oh, like love that, to that's, see that's, it. That's and it's awesome that Tiger is the guy that comes out on top. I mean, it's just it. Honestly, it's we'll great for the game this. of golf. I tell you really what, ESPN's going to have their hands cut out for their work cut out for them. They're going to be making 230 for 30s. So now they have to do the Virginia Championship oh, comeback. If, if I don't and now see, Tiger uh, Woods. Well, I mean, now they have to cut time out of Zion talk to talk yeah. about anger. <laughs> I mean, I got two questions for you. One, who cried when he uh, hugged his son? I'm going to be honest, I kind of got teary eyed. I didn't, Ryan, I didn't, I didn't cry. I just had a, a smile on my face. It like, did not remind awesome you of that. It was a special moment. For me. Do you think he'll pass Jack Nichols? Nicholas. And get that – oh, pass him. Well, that means he has to win two more Masters. I, honestly, no, here's no, how I'll take. Oh, uh, major – Oh, major for tournament. major wins. Yeah. Okay. He has uh, to have four more to pass him, correct? Right. Four more. Goodness So here's gracious. my thing. And he's I don't think, I think. I don't think Tiger will win another Masters. I think this – I mean, he's 43 years old. This was what he needed to, like, cap off his career. Not that his, like, entire body of work is fantastic – but when you're at the age he is at, I think he had just enough in him to pull out what he needed to do today to get that signature uh, career, I don't want to say career ending, but like signature victory that he needed that he didn't get before. And I think he'll probably win some other majors here and there, but I think we may have just seen Tiger win his second Man, I think Masters. He can, I, think I, think he can, I think he can win another Masters. I think he can win two or three more majors. Now to get... Does he have to get four to pass Nicholas, or yes. he's got to get four? Man, you know what? I'm going to put Tiger in that don't bet against him. I'll, well, I'll say he'll how, get it. He's 43. How old was Nicholas when he won at the 86 Masters? Oh, man. Uh, Harrison. I got you. I also got that uh, that Tampa Bay Lightning one. Uh, the last really good one that they had where they were 82 and 23 was in 2017 and 18. And then they had one where they were 82 and 22 back in the 2003 and 2004. So this may season. be one of the best hot regular season hockey teams to yes. maybe be swept in the first round yes so definitely but anyway like i mean you know tiger you said that you know this might be his one you know last shot in glory i mean he said today he's, this is the best he's ever, he's felt with a driver in years i mean i mean you've he has to have had that special adrenaline that yeah, you get yeah, i agree i agree i mean to be able to come back and win this i mean it really is just and i tell you what it doesn't help the other players that knowing that most of the fans there want them to mess up it's like every place he goes is a it's home field advantage for him and can we just like kind of point out the fact that molinari just absolutely choked oh yeah oh yeah i mean he had a pretty good lead going into the day. But, like, it's hard. Like, I, I can see how hard the it pressure, would be for man. Tiger. Not only the pressure. Tiger's playing got good. Tiger he's right got that crowd. You. Yeah, he's got the crowd. Even the other players with the not playing with Tiger, when they put Tiger's score up on the board, the, it just roars. And that whole, you know that place is pulling for Tiger and not for you. Well, even uh, last year at the PGA Championship, uh, Brooks Kepka won it. Yeah. But no one really, like, acted like yeah. it. Everyone was talking about tiger and how yeah. he played really well so really well so you know the other players have got to be hating that well they love that, seeing tiger yeah. do so well but they all seemed really happy for him today yeah 
definitely. Well, that's a fantastic way to wrap up our show. Thank you for listening this week. Please uh, go like our Facebook page. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Instagram? Also, also, you can listen to our shows on demand now on Spotify whenever you want. This one will be uploaded tomorrow. Uh, be sure to tell all your friends, listen whenever. For myself, Matthew Hargrove, Tori Bowling, Harrison Valk, Ryan Gooden, and Caden Gaylord, this has been Red Zone Radio. And as always, go Tops. Go Tops. Go Tops.